annoyed. Wait, you, you think this is money, Dai, right? No, man, you got it all very wrong. You jumped to a very big conclusion here. I get it. I'll bet your old lady made that for you in batik class, right, Marino? No, my old lady's on the menudo tour. I picked this up at Calle Ocho. What's that, huh? It's another little accessory you picked up along the way, huh? Hey, I hate to carry a wallet. Ruins the flow on my trousers. Hey! All right. What kind of practical joke are you guys pulling here? Get out of there. I've never seen that money before in my life. Fast cars, flashy clothes, big money, heavy players, and the hot Miami scene. These were the main ingredients that made Miami Vice one of the most innovative shows of the 1980s. Journey with Tim and Mark as we take a peek into the drama series with an MTV feel on the Vice of Miami podcast. Everybody and welcome back to the Vice of Miami podcast for show number nine. We are glad you are joining us and it's good to be back after some R&R for both of us. It was long overdue and great to relax a bit. This is Tim. And I'm Mark. And Tim, yes, it's great to be back, but it was also great to get away. It's definitely well needed. Tim, I'd just like to say, and everyone else, uh, this podcast, at least for me, is fun. Tim, I'm sure it is for you and it's not really yes. work. Um, except for learning how to go about it. It's, it's not work. And when it does become work, it's no longer going to be fun. So I'm going to hope everyone will indulge us every once in a while and maybe take a break themselves as well. Well, Tim, let's get back into it. Let's do it, Mark. All righty. This is Season 1, Episode 8, The Great McCarthy. It's written by Philip Reed and Joel Cernow. It's directed by George Stanford Brown from the cop show The Rookies. In the original air date was November 16th, 1984. And for the plot summary, we have Crockett and Tubbs used information from an informant, Izzy Marino, to catch a drug smuggler, Lewis McCarthy, with a taste for powerboat racing. Tubbs falls for McCarthy's girlfriend despite Crockett's caution, and Gene and Sonny's romance continues. Okay, that music can only mean one thing. It's time to highlight the guest stars and list the co-stars for this episode. First up, Martin Ferrero is back. Martin was born September 29th, 1947. He's an American actor known for his semi-regular role as Izzy Marino in Miami Vice and in Jurassic Park as the lawyer Donald Gennaro. Ferraro was born in Brockport, New York. He moved to California in the late 70s to join the California Actors Theater and began his acting career. He made his TV debut in 1979 with a small part in the comedy The Ropers. He then appeared in other classic shows as Soap, The White Shadow, Happy Days, Mork and Mindy, Alice, Cheers, and in five episodes on Hill Street Blues, where he worked with Anthony Yorkovich. His first appearance as Izzy was in this episode, The Great McCarthy, and then he returned for 20 further episodes. Ferrero is still listed as active in the acting field today. 
Next up, we have Maria McDonald, who is an American actress, and she appeared as Vanessa, girlfriend of Lewis McCarthy, lover of Tubbs, and murderer of Giff in this particular episode, The Great McCarthy. And also as Alicia Austin, girlfriend of Tubbs, in the episode The Afternoon Plane. McDonald is the only actress who portrayed two different Tubbs' love interests in the series. Her acting experience appears to be limited to her two Vice appearances, as well as a couple of movies and the pilot episode of Amen. Her last appearance was in 1991's The Marla Hansen Story. McDonald is also a model and is the chairperson of the group Cover Girls for Change. Her active years as an actress were from 1984 to 1991. Next up, we have Charles McCogan. He's an American actor. He appeared in this episode as Dale Gifford. He's an informant to Crockett and Tubbs and the accountant to Lois Lewis McCarthy. McCougan made his acting debut in the 1980 film Jane Austen in Manhattan, then appeared in Heat and Dust in the Bostonians. He appeared in the movies Hot Resort, Quicksilver, Slaves of New York, and V.I. Warshawski. Also in the TV shows Jake and the Fat Man, Crime Story, Matlock, and Silk Stockings. His most recent performance was in Picture of Priority in 1998, which he also co-wrote and directed. He was active as an actor from 1980 to 1998. Next, we have William Gray Espy, born July 19, 1948. He's an American actor. He appeared in the show Mommy Vice as Lewis McCarthy, drug smuggler and boating aficionado. He's born in Dauphin, Alabama. He got his acting start in the 1972 movie Gidget Gets Married, then made his big screen debut that same year in Kansas City Bomber. He made more guest appearances on the shows Emergency, Mannix, and The Streets of San Francisco before entering the soap opera genre, appearing for two years on The Young and Restless as William Snapper Foster, then moved on to Another World where he appeared as Mitchell Mitch Blake for seven years, ending in 1990. He is listed as active between 1972 and 1990. And now we have a couple of co-stars. First one up is Tyson Stevenson as the pool shark and Richard Liberty in an uncredited role as the professor. Now let's highlight the music making an appearance in this episode. First up, we have Some Guys Have All the Luck by Rod Stewart, but it's actually sung by the house band at McCarthy's party. Go Insane by Lindsay Buckingham. That's when Crockett and McCarthy are playing pool. Self-Control by Laura Brannigan, which is sung by the house band at the party. Born to be Wild by Steppenwolf during the boat race. And then to highlight some Jan Hammer music, we've got Marina. That's when Tubbs meets McCarthy at the marina. Rico's Blues. That's when Crockett and Tubbs visits Vanessa's store. And when Tubbs and Vanessa are getting romantic. We have the great boat race. That's during the boat race. And Angelina flashback. That's when Crockett and Gina are on St. Vitus dance. Now we're going to move on to some of the goofs, facts, and locations. First up, while Tubbs and Crockett and Vanessa walk up the stairs at the clothing store after meeting for the first time, Tubbs can be seen talking, but his voice is not heard. Even though it seems their footsteps can be heard. Next up, before playing pool, Crockett mentions that McCarthy's race is tomorrow. However, judging by events that follow, the race is actually at least two days away. The next day, Gina and Trudy make their bus to the beach. 
while Tubbs and Vanessa spend time together the following night. Only after this does the race happen. It seems likely some of the episode scenes were rearranged in the edit. And another goof was when Gene and Trudy chase the professor around the pool, Zito can be seen jumping down from his lifeguard's high chair in the background. He then jumps down again in a close-up. Okay, this next one's a location. We have the Barnett Bank building. When Crockett and Tubbs and Miami police first pull up for the alarm, it's listed online as 701 Brickle, but it's actually 800 Brickle Avenue. We're going to have a picture on our Facebook posts so you can check it out. Another odd fact is that when Crockett and Tubbs run into the building next door to the bank, it's listed as the Miami City Center. The city center is about a quarter mile to the northwest of this location. When they run into the lobby there, you can see I-95 in the background. Another location is 455 Grand Bay Drive in Key Biscayne, which was the scene of the professor being busted for coke. It is now the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, which was built in 2001 and renovated in 2017. Okay, it's time for the trivia portion of our show. In show number seven, we asked, at the beginning of that episode, Castillo calls off the surveillance. Panning to Crockett, saying he's going to pick up Tubbs and Zito. Over Crockett's right shoulder in the background is an address to a building. What's that address? Well, it's 1412 Ocean Drive. We'll have a picture up on our Facebook post. All right, and Mark, for this week's trivia, it is, during the opening scene, Crockett and Tubbs bust Izzy Moreno. Izzy denies that he never saw the money that was found in his possession before. As they drag Izzy off the jail, what was Tubbs's response? You can post your answers on this fa- episode's Facebook post, or you can email us at viceofmiamishow at gmail.com. We will air some of the answers. This is for fun. No prizes. All right, now we're going to start talking about our discussion and commentary about the show itself. At the very beginning, we have a bank alarm going off where it get it zooms in and there's Crockett and Tubbs driving up the Barnett Bank for an alarm now. I'm not sure if they were told to respond to that or it was never clear if they just happened to run up on this and they hear the bank alarm and they stop. But either way, then they start chasing an, un- an unknown subject into this bank under construction. It appeared to be a building under construction because they were going through a lot of construction debris. You know, they were definitely chasing somebody who escapes them, but then they get to an escalator and there they start t- crocket grabs, a pipe starts tapping on it, and all of a sudden, okay, all right, all right. And out pop Izzy Moreno. I love his character, just the Shylock. And it was obvious that Crockett and Tubbs knew him through previous interactions, but this is the very first time that this character ended up on uh, the series run. So then they yank him out of there. He looks like he's got something orange on him, and we learned later on that that's a bank die, steal money, then they open it up, boom, it hits him. And then he's the ninth at a hilt, pretty much the scene ends with them dragging him off to the pokey. And it was at this point that it's, if you watch it real closely, 
this is where you'll find uh, the answer to this week's uh, trivia question. I kind of thought at the beginning, they pull up to this bank alarm, nobody's around. No cars, no traffic, no pedestrians. Well, I mean, here you are in Miami, it's a bustling scene, bustling town, no traffic, no pedestrians. And yeah, then, exactly. Right, yeah, like you said, Izzy, he was portrayed, or, or at least he, let me correct myself, Crockett and Tubbs play it as they already know Izzy, like he's already been working with them and all that. It's just thrown in there to us in this episode. We have no backstory on him. Izzy right. is Izzy, and he's a great character, and I like it. Okay, now they're back at H uh, headquarters, OCB headquarters with Izzy in the plain white room there. They're interrogating him, and he's Izzy is quick to give up Lewis McCarthy to avoid some jail time. Lewis McCarthy, right, Lewis McCarthy. We're like this. We're moving the same social matrix. The dude is known as the Tintoretto of smugglers. Once, he got a load in by having his mule ladies dress up like nuns. He even had one of them killed, because they were holding out on him. He tell you this himself? I do some occasional driving for the man. You're his chauffeur? I moved 74 keys up to Pittsburgh for him once. He says that McCarthy is no good. He even kills his associates that hold out on him. And also, he has drug mules dressed as nuns. I think that's one of the, one of those associates that he killed. Izzy also states that he's McCarthy's driver uh, every now and then, and that he knows of a shipment of coke coming in soon. Crockett and Tubbs pretty much just give uh, Izzy three days to come up with uh, more intel. Otherwise, it's off to the big house. So Izzy definitely wants to play the game. He wants to still be their, I guess, their informant, as we are thought to believe here. Tim, got any thoughts? Yeah, you know, and if I just remember at that total at end of that scene, they didn't want to buy into his story because they just think it's another wanting to get out of going to jail thing. But, you know, they discussed it with Castillo. There was that agreement again. They'll give him a little bit of time to make good on what he was saying. As the episode develops, now we're at a beachfront scene where Lewis McCarthy and associate later identified as Dale Gifford, are watching uh, powerboats being raced out there on the water, as is Tubbs, who is playing Richard Taylor. He's at a different table watching, and then at some point he engages McCarthy and says, hey, your boat is set up wrong, and then there's just this dialogue back and forth with them about what makes a good boat or what doesn't. Then Crockett rolls up with, with his speedboat, and Taylor says, now that's a well-built and well-set-up boat. He gets into this discussion with McCarthy. Hey, I want to, you know, let, let's race boats against each other in an off-the-books race. But McCarthy, he declines that. But they then both are keen to each other on that there could be other business opportunities. Again, McCarthy, because not being trustful of a stranger, he says, all right, you can come out and watch the boat race that I'm doing on Sunday. Your style, Mr. Taylor. The answer is no. Are you sure you know the question? Why the race? That is why you're here, isn't it? I'm here for a lot of reasons, Mr. McCarthy. I have many wants and even more needs. As do we all. As far as this particular scene, when Tubbs says that your boat is set up wrong. This is where I thought the cocaine would come into play as far as the boat is set up wrong, where it would be, that would be pivotal in the cocaine somehow. It's set up wrong. Maybe it's creating, the cocaine's creating drag or something like that. I thought that one little phrase would be more pivotal in the end, but we find out that it's not. All right. 
Crockett and Tubbs, they meet Gifford at his office. Gifford was, as you can see, he was sitting at the uh, at the table with McCarthy when Tubbs was uh, introduced to him, pretty much. Uh, they visit Giff at his office, one of their informants, and he's also McCarthy's right-hand man. Guess who? You deserve a raise. Hello, Giff, baby. How are you? Here? You have to come here? Why not here? Young Giff is worried about his reputation. As what? A financial consultant or as an informant? Oh, no. His reputation as a first-class weasel is still very much intact. Uh, Giff, we was wondering, how come you didn't tell us about Lewis McCarthy? I've given you people plenty. Kraken Tubbs, they're pretty much miffed that Gift did not offer them McCarthy as a major drug dealer. He's, you know, he's his big player there. And in, with, I guess, with the dealings that Gift has with them, he didn't give him up. Gift shows Kraken Tubbs and McCarthy's books and note that there's some extracurricular activity that doesn't jive between the cooked books and the real books. Gift says that McCarthy's girlfriend, Vanessa, has got her own pretty much slush fund, I guess you could say, that Matt McCarthy doesn't know about. And they're like, the IRS didn't even pick up on this. He goes, no, I'm that pretty much that good. It's just, again, they pressed them on it. So then they, you know, they dig in a little bit deeper onto, you know, this Vanessa and Pretty much what she does is she runs her own op- operation for high-end suits. I'm pretty sure it was just for men. Taylor and Sonny Burnett go to see Vanessa about buying suits. It was under the guise of buying suits for Richard Taylor. While there, you know, Tubbs starts putting moves on her, and he pressures her into, hey, you want to have dinner, you want to have this? And she said, no, no, how about brunch? And then they, I think it was the next day they were going to have brunch at her place. She asked she asked Burnett, "Hey, do you you have anything you want to you want to come to?" And and that's where Tubbs was like, "Oh no no no," because he wanted her all to himself. Oh no, 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 yeah, no. this He's was his. his. And he said, "No, I got a thing to do." So there we go. Then they set up the brunch for the following day with her. So then we move on to the brunch, and it's actually Crockett and Tubbs and Vanessa, who is as we learn is McCarthy's girlfriend. But it kind of gets weird. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. And they all have brunch. And this is where he gives Burnett and Taylor a tour of the estate. Then you have Crockett and McCarthy going off on the side and where he's talking about, you know, Burnett says, hey, I want to let's I want to do a 150 key Coke deal since he had a last shipment, which was it was smaller weight, smaller amount. It, it was shorted. And then McCarthy goes, you know what? I don't know you guys. So he's not going to trust them. Isn't this where uh, Crockett says, do you want references? <laughs> yes, it is. It's where, exactly where he says that. I hate to talk business after such a lovely lunch, but we've been left about 30 keys short from a longtime supplier north. That's why we came down here. Somewhere along the way, my name just happened to come up. <laughs> I wouldn't waste your time for 30 keys. We brought cash for 150. I don't know you. Is there anything we can do to change that? References? No. But instead, he invites them to a party at his estate. This is a guy who's all about the, the show, the glitz, the glamour. Look at me. I'm the big I am. He's and big into the 80s scene, the music, the clothes, the cars, the apartment. And right? while that's going on, we have Tubbs still putting the moves on Vanessa. 
after she initiated it. And it kind of seemed that McCarthy was like leering or watching that. He's still paying attention in the background. And it it, it seems as if he gets off on it. And I think later on, that's what uh, Tubbs, a.k.a. Richard Taylor, asked Vanessa. Does he get off on? You know, I, I, I thought at first this was going to be where there was going to be a, a, a threesome or something like that. Right. I thought it was I, getting weird. Like, it, yeah, exactly like that. I thought it was getting really weird. It was weird. I mean, the, the character of McCarthy Carthy was weird in general. So uh, now we move it on to uh, when Crockett and Tubbs, the brief Castillo, they're, uh, I don't know where they're at actually, but after the brunch with McCarthy and Vanessa, Crockett and Tubbs, they meet up with Castillo to where Crockett tells them that McCarthy's moving the weight by his powerboats, but nobody knows how. They're kind of putting all the feelers out there. No one knows how he's doing this. They know he's got fast boats where you could get here to here quick and fast, but again, still nobody knows how. Castillo wants them to get in the boat race. By any means, it comes with a uh, $25,000 buy-in. Castillo is already keen, using his spidey senses, get in that race and you'll figure it out. We'll find out later on that it's true. But this is where we see later on at night, Crockett and Tubbs are on McCarthy's boats. They're doing a search for hidden compartments and they find nothing. They still think he's moving the drugs by this mode of transportation somehow. Tubbs is in a hurry to get on his date with Vanessa and Crockett is... He's already keen. He's already been down this road. Crockett warns him not to get involved with her. And Tubbs says that he has it handled and he won't write. He wasn't, at that point on the boat there, he wasn't focused on, you know, because they were basically, they're tossed into the sea. All right, this thing ain't set up right. What's going on here? And he didn't, he wasn't interested in that. He was interested in rushing off to his date with Vanessa. So basically he, he, he beat feet. He, he took off on him. That's pretty much where that scene ended. Then as the the episode continues to develop, we are now at the party at McCarthy's and it's another jumping eighties party where you have, as I believe Tubbs called him busy, Izzy, uh, since he's busy, Izzy, (laughs) busy, Izzy, since he's friends with McCarthy. And he also did say, he was his uh, on and off driver of him. He was there as well as Dale Gifford. At this point, Gifford plays dumb as to who Crockett and Tubbs really are because he walks up to the scene where they're already talking to Vanessa. He pulls her away in kind of like a scolding fashion and says, hey, let's dance. Then it, there's a little bit of a discussion. You can't really tell what they're talking about. The great McCarthy entertaining his guests during a game of pool. He's regaling him with his adventurous tales. Crockett and Tubbs are, they're just listening in. And at some point during the, the game, Crockett, you know, just, he comes up there, Burnett, and says, he he's still pressing to want to get in a boat race. So he wagers McCarthy, if Burnett wins, I'm in a race. If he loses, he get, McCarthy will get the Ferrari. But he goes, no, it will be your Ferrari. You're going to ride so in then, your Ferrari. It's another one of your high stakes enterprises? As high as you want to take it, Mom. <laughs> oh, really? How about that race of yours tomorrow? I want in. And if you lose, I have a Ferrari parked outside. I can win a ride in his Ferrari? (laughs) No, you can win a ride in your Ferrari. Of course, a guy like this who's all about, you know, material gains, he lets uh, Sonny into the game and Sonny handily wins the game. I mean, he just mops the floor with him on it. Of course, he could get into the race, but he still still needs the cash. Yep, still needs that $25,000 K buy-in. Later on at the party, Tubbs and Vanessa dance with McCarthy looking on. You know, I made a note when I was watching, I made a note. 
is this in approval? I mean, it just seems like he had this kind of right. grin, you know, a, a subtle grin on his face. And then we have Burnett also looking on, and this is where Izzy comes running up and he says, hey, I need I to talk to talk you now, Crockett. No. I got to talk to you. I got to talk to you, right. And he's, no, you can't. And we'll come back to later why, my thoughts on why I think, what he wanted to talk about. You know, a few moments later, after McCarthy confronts Tubbs about trying to hook up with his lady Vanessa, I think there were screams, and then Giff is pulled out of the water dead. Get out of here. I gotta talk to you. Zip it, Moreno. You don't know me. All right, you understand. Go. Mr. Taylor, trying to get over with my woman? Maybe. Right. If you, if you look closely, you notice he's holding on to the guy's legs as he's lifting them out. They there think they go. could have done a better job on that. Uh, you know, <laughs> it is what it is. Back at OCB, Crockett and Tubbs are discussing about why Giff was killed. Uh, Crockett things because he was putting the make on Vanessa as they were an item. Uh, Tubbs and Vanessa were. It's later discovered that Giff was shot with the Beretta. Castillo tells Crockett as within his conversation at downtown, they're not going to pony up to 25 uh, K as they don't trust Crockett's racing abilities. I think that's kind of goofy. I mean, Crockett's got these boats here, but whatever. Bureaucrats are bureaucrats. Gifford was hit with a single 25 caliber hollow point in the back of the head. Left hand twist rifling. Beretta. How does this affect your cover? We think we're still pretty secure. McCarthy expects us in his race. Yeah, you're looking at Miami Fats here. How we do it on the money? Not. Downtown doesn't have enough confidence in your racing ability, Sonny. That hurts. Why don't you guys give Gina and Trudy a visit? Maybe they'll give you the money. Why? They're bringing down the moonlighting college professor on a one-key deal. Bureaucrats uh, or bureaucrats. Right, because Castillo uses his spidey senses again, his, I guess, years of experience, and he tells Crock and Tubbs to go see Gina and Trudy as they're going to be taking down a professor in a one-key deal. Tells them, go get the money from them. The money's already out there. It's accounted for. It's going to be used and done with already. So tells them to take their buy money as a way to end run uh, the department bureaucrats. So things are handled. Things are accounted for. Castillo on the side of Kraken Tubbs. And they're like, yeah, this is great. I, I knew I liked this guy. I think one of them said something like that. Right. Yeah. He was, yeah, I like this guy. Ex- exactly. And I think I think it was uh, Crockett that said that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but again, he's being the crafty, seasoned veteran cop that he is. This is the way we're going to make this happen. Just do what right. you got to do. So fast forwarding here to Gina and Trudy's drug bust at the uh, area where the Ritz-Carlton is now. Uh, Crockett comes on the scene at the drug bust, posing as a cabana boy. And they're like, what are you doing here? Come on, get out of the room. You're going to ruin everything. But he was just bringing them some drinks. So the, the whole crew's down there. Tubbs is there. Switex, a bartender. And Zito's a lifeguard. But, you know, Switek's kind of miffed because he was the one who was a swimmer in high school or something like that. They got this whole scene going on here. The professor comes in strutting. He says, it's snowing in Miami. The professor is like, all right, where's the money? Well, there's a little bit of a problem. Gina pulls out her badge. Professor takes off running. So 
All the crew starts running after him, except Crockett and Tubbs. The professor's busted, and then Crockett and Tubbs come up to uh, Gina and say, hey, we're going to borrow this money. We'll take care of it for you. So they pretty much get the money as the buy-in for the race. And then we move on after that. You know, it's all locked down, 25K, going to Sunny so he could get in a race. And then the next one, next scene was where Tubbs ignoring Crockett's advice. He ended up hooking up with Vanessa the night before the big race. And it just, it seemed like this scene went on and on and on and on and on for... Yeah, exactly. Whatever reason, and I'm you. You'll you'll comment on that later in your review. All right, moving on to the big race. OCB watches from a distance. Uh, they're they're kind of just like as casual spectators on their own boat. Uh, we've got all the uh, boat drivers heading to their boats. Um, I don't know where they're at. Where are they at? Uh, McCarthy's house or something? I don't know. Crockett with Zito and Tubbs as a the crew. They line up with the rest of the racers. But I think this is kind of odd and kind of again in retrospect. Again, watching it several times, you kind of pick this stuff out. But all the other boaters didn't have their helmets on, but McCarthy's boaters had their helmets on before they got onto the boat. I kind of picked that out right away. It's like, all right, something is amiss with this. Something this this is a plot point right here where they've got their helmets on already, so nobody sees who they are. The race is on, and at some point, uh, McCarthy's boat pretty much bows out of the race, or doesn't really bow out, but it goes off behind some island falling behind and then it re-enters and they're ahead of Crockett and Tubbs. They got it. Uh, he figures out right away that he's using two identical boats with two crews to do a switch, uh, a switch out to bring the dope back from Bimini. This is where I think it was odd. Again, we'll go in with review later, but if you are bringing in some coke and it's already at this island that they went behind, it's already essentially in the States. Why are you doing this, doing a race where you have all these spectators watching you? especially OCB. I, I just find it really odd. Again, this is going in retrospect as well and going with what we know now as action scenes and stuff like that with movies and shows. Um, yeah, I just thought it was really odd where they did it this way. Castillo steers down McCarthy or Crockett, you know, Crockett wins the race here and then OCB moves in to make the bust at the docks. Castillo steers down McCarthy who does not put up a fight. He's busted. He's going again. I don't think this is not exciting. He's supposed to be a big guy in the drug trade here. Why does he do this lame-ass swap of boats? Drugs are already in the hand. Why the charade? You know, and I think this gets back to the the, the switcher with the boat there. You know, the name of the episode is The Great McCarthy. And that's kind of like the magicians. They were the great this, the great Houdini. and Yeah, I the sleight of hand type of things. It, and that's all. I think that's why it ties into that. He's just somebody that used that sleight of hand to get what he wants versus the traditional... Let's come with armed guns and meet somebody somewhere. You show the cash, I buy the drugs. He just does it in a different 
just did in a different way. He's the great McCarthy. Right, but right. What, I, what I was getting to before where when Tubbs first met McCarthy and he said his boat was set up wrong, I thought that maybe the cocaine would have been in like a little modified pod or something like that underneath the boat where he noticed it was set up wrong. And maybe that's why the boat was falling back in the race, why it was losing because his coke was on that boat that was falling back. And maybe it was, you know, creating drag if they did create this little pod underneath the boat. That would have been a little bit more plausible. Is what is, I just thought Mm -hmm. too, the anticlimactic part for me was that McCarthy just, you got me. It wasn't, you know, the typical Hollywood, let's try to run. I mean, Uh obviously he was pinned into his boat, so he wasn't going anywhere, but there was still not even, he went down with a whimper. Exactly. All right, so we're, uh, we go, um... On the St. Vitus dance, uh, probably the same night, uh, Gino and Crockett, they're on the St. Vitus dance, just chilling out. Um, obviously, their romance is back on, going back full steam. Izzy comes running up. He says, I got something. Pulls out of a bag the gun that Vanessa kills Gifford with as he witnessed it. What the hell? Get out of here, weasel. We'll talk about your plea bargain in the morning. Do I look worried? I just handed you the biggest smuggler in Dade County. But that's not the reason I came by on my day off. Tomorrow, Marino, tomorrow. No, I think you want to talk to the DA tonight when you see what I got. This is the gun that killed the accountant Gifford. That's how to do it, man. They were arguing because she wouldn't see him anymore. He threatened to go see McCarthy. I didn't hear the rest. That's what he wanted to talk to Crockett about at the party. Hey, I got to talk to you. Go away, go away. He witnessed, he saw the gift get killed. So he shows the gun. Per Izzy, she killed Gift because he no longer wanted to see her and was going to go to McCarthy about her side action, the slide, the side slush fund. It is what it is, I guess. Uh, and in the meanwhile, yeah. there goes Tubbs again to see Vanessa. You know, you can infer what you want because then after Crockett and Gina Lernett, off Crockett goes to find him at Vanessa's. Tubbs is leading her, leaving her house, and that's where Crockett shows up in like an outer entrance door area and tells Tubbs that he's here to bust Vanessa because there's evidence showing that she killed Gifford. And he's and then Tubbs said, "You know what? I'll take care of it. I'll do it." Goes up, knocks on the door again. Vanessa tells Vanessa he's a cop and that she's busting. And basically, she challenged him, you know, because. They've got this relationship going on now. Mm-hmm. I don't think you could arrest me. And he says, I have to. And Mark, you could finish with what your thoughts <laughs> in your head were yeah. on that. You know, he says, you know, I have to. And that pretty much ends the ends the episode. But I'm thinking, why didn't they just throw in, you know, his cheesy acting, his corny acting and say, I have to jump. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Let's go over the ratings here. IMDB. Give this a 7.6. Ouch, that's not really that good. Either way, I like this one. I give it a thumbs up, partially pointing slightly down a little bit, uh, more than halfway thumbs up. Uh, Izzy comes back, and he's already portrayed as someone Crockett and Tubbs are already familiar with, and that's going to play out, obviously, in the future episodes. Uh, We also see Castillo essentially play the bureaucrats and telling Crockett and Tubbs to get the show money uh, from Gina is Trudy. Use the workaround. I didn't like the extended uh, Tubbs and Vanessa love scene as one IMDb user put in their rating. And I quote, possibly one, uh, possibly the only weak point to the episode is a seemingly endless love scene between Tubbs and Vanessa. Just when you think, surely this can't go on any longer. 
it must have been on for ages. The scene continues from another camera angle, and it's almost like the episode had been completed, and the director had been informed it was 60 seconds too short, so they recut it, end quote. But also, as I said in discussion, you know, the boat swap and the revelation where McCarthy's Coke really is was, in today's action standards, very lame. You know what? I like this one as well, and I'd probably give it a three-quarters thumbs up. I like the character of Izzy's introduced, even though... We find out that Croc and Tums were well familiar with him. Also like the fact that Castillo continues to show his crafty veteran ways when he tells Croc to do the end run with the money. And as you said earlier, it was very anticlimactic in how they busted McCarthy. You know, I just, you know, he gave up just, but overall you see the OCB is really coming together under Castillo's command and that's definitely a plus for future episodes. Okay. Now we've come to the part of the show where we hope to inspire or enlighten We've officially named this Nerd's Chalkboard of Wisdom. In both the world of Mammy Vice and our current world at large, we encounter many challenges we work to overcome. In the interest of creating a family-friendly atmosphere here through our show and on the social media platforms, we'd like to offer some parting thoughts. A simple quote, a phrase, words of encouragement, or a funny quip to you, our listeners, because without you, our friends, we'd be talking to ourselves. And yes, we say friends because that's what we consider all of you who follow our show and social media. This show's quote is for all our students heading back to school. If you're unwilling to learn, no one can help you. If you're determined to learn, no one can stop you. And with that, we'd like to bring this episode of the Vice of Miami podcast to a close. Mark and I appreciate each and every one of you listening. We hope you enjoy what we have to offer in our shows. Please spread the word about us and comment and rate us on your podcast platforms. We will see you next time for Vice of Miami show number 10, where we discuss episode 9, Glades. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook at Vice of Miami Podcast or email us at Vice of Miami Show at gmail.com. Please rate us and comment on the episodes and spread the word about the show. On YouTube, press the like button and hit the subscribe bell.